0: Hallelujah. Somebody give God some praise this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 5 and verse number 1. 1 Samuel chapter 5 and verse number 1. Amen. Praise God. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord. It feels good to be in God's presence, doesn't it? Amen want to put a reminder I forgot to announce uh, Wednesday night service will be here at 7 p.m. and uh, you want to bring your Bible and we're gonna be getting into the Word of God it's gonna be a good time in Jesus name if uh, for any reason you're not feeling well or you just are a little concerned you're welcome to stay home and listen online or go on Facebook live and you can watch there and uh, be blessed by that in Jesus name first Samuel chapter 5 at verse number 1 The Bible says and the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod when the Philistines took the ark of God they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon and when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow behold Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord and they took Dagon and they set him in his place again And when they arose early in the morrow morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord and the head of Dagon, and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod, unto this day but the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod and he destroyed them and smote them with emrods, even Ashdod to the coast thereof and when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so they said the ark of God of Israel shall not abide with us for his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon our God they sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines unto them and said what shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel And they answered let the ark of god of israel be carried about unto gath and they carried the ark of god of israel about thither and it was so that after they had carried it about the hand of the lord was against the city with a very great destruction and he smote the men of that city both small and great and they had emrods in their secret parts therefore they sent the ark of god to Ekron. And it came to pass, as the ark of God came to Ekron, the Ekronites cried out, saying, They have brought about the ark of the God of Israel to us to slay us and our people. So they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of God of Israel and let it go to its own place, that it slay us not and our people. For there was a deadly destruction throughout all the city, and the hand of God was very heavy there. And the men that died not were smitten with emeralds, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. The Bible says that they brought the ark of God, and they put it before Dagon. But before it's all said and done, Dagon has fallen on his face at the ark of God. And I want to preach for a few moments on this subject. All other gods must bow all other gods must bow would you set down your bibles and lift up your hands come on let's pray in this house wherever you are maybe you're in your living room but i want you to begin to pray with us right now i pray that this word would be a blessing that it would amen compel us to move the gospel forward jesus i pray that this would be a message of deliverance to the captives amen the setting of liberty to them that are bruised god we're believing that this is going to help somebody today, Jesus. We give you glory and honor and praise. There is no other God above you, Lord. We give you glory. Come on, let's praise our God for just a few moments. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. you may be seated in the house of God. Hallelujah. All other gods must bow. This last year, it was not lost on me that just about every preacher that came through our church preached about the ark of God. I thought it was interesting since I didn't talk to any of them, and they didn't talk to one another. But there was something in that that I do believe that there's a lot of information um, that was trying to be presented to our church and our family as a whole. There is a lot that the Ark of God represents and presents to us. There's a lot of components to it. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of that. You can go back and listen to some of the other messages this last year. I've got a lot of great thoughts on the Ark of God. It's one of my favorite subjects. But it is interesting to me that the Ark of God in our text has fallen into enemy hands. The Ark of God is a representation of the moving presence of god i want you to notice something about the ark the ark was not it was not put on a foundation it was not laid in concrete but it was to be put upon staves and those staves were to be put upon the shoulders of the priests in other words the ark of god the presence of god was never created to be a stagnant thing amen the Bible says of the Old Testament that it is a shadow of good things to come that we upon whom the ends of the world are come we might have amen understanding and we might learn from those things that are written that Ark of God was a representation that that the presence of God is not relegated to one place but it moves from place to place It moves from life to life. It moves from family to family. Can I help you? Amen. We we might be able to have church here today, but there's others that have to have church online. But I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that God's presence is not relegated just to this building. Amen. It's not relegated just to a steeple. It's not just held up, amen, in a storefront. And it's not, amen, in a beautiful building or a shack of a building. But the presence of God is a movable treasure. It goes from place to place, from family to family, from life to life, from heart to heart. If you want the presence of God, all you got to do is ask. And God's presence will move to where you are. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. That presence of God is moving. God's not stagnant. He's He's not stationary. Man, it is trying to let us know that a God that's outside of space and time uh, you know, somebody asked the question, if God moved, where would he move to? He's everywhere at once. But it is, it is letting us know that his glory, his Shekinah presence, his manifested presence, that, that power that we feel that is, that is not everywhere at once. Amen. That, that God can be in one place in, in a certain degree where he brings about a, a showing of his glory that he's not showing somewhere else. Amen. When we come to church, some people would say, well, well there, there's people all across our city that go to different charismatic and denominational churches. They feel God because God's everywhere at once. But I want you to know you can feel God. But there's something different about somebody being inhabited by God. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you are no longer just feeling God. He's no longer just, as the agnostics would believe, a God that is somewhere out there in the universe that may or may not care for us. Amen. He's not just a God above us that would just watch over us. He's not just Emmanuel, God with us. But my Bible says that he's Christ in us, the hope of glory. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got something that not everybody has, but everybody can have. You got the movable presence of God, the Shekinah glory on the inside. Somebody clap your hands and praise him. You got something special, you got something powerful. But this ark of God, it had many things inside of it. It had the laws, it had the it had the it had all of the different Uh, manna the pot of manna that had been presented it had the rod that budded it was god's way of showing that i'm a provider it's god's way of showing that i am a miracle worker i am a way maker but there's also a side of god that is letting his people know i am a god of law i am a god of order amen this world's chaotic but god steps into the chaos and he changes the chaos It doesn't matter how chaotic your life is, your mind is. I want to tell you there's power in the Word of God to bring into order. The worlds were framed by the Word of God. They were brought into order. Chaos had to stop being chaotic when God's Word stepped in. When God said, let there be light, there was light. When God said, let there be a firmament, let there be a division. All the things that were in chaos and in disorder had to align to that Word. Now there's a lot of things in that ark man, that is powerful, that's good. But somehow that powerful ark of God ended up in enemy hands. How does something that powerful with that much provision, with that much miracles, which with that much word that can change the, the known universe, how does it end up in the hands of the enemy? The Bible let us know that there was a prophet by the name of Eli and his eyes grew dim. He was blinded. Maybe it was just a physical... but it was represented to us spiritually that his eyes his spiritual sight began to grow dim that he no longer brought correction he no longer brought instruction he was no longer willing to utilize that word he was no longer willing to tell the people what thus saith the lord i wouldn't go to a church that preaches anything but the word of god I wouldn't go to a church that just tells you you can live however you want to live, act however you want to act, dress however you want to dress. I would go to a church that stands firmly upon the Word of God because it's that Word that brings order into chaos. And it was that very Word that Eli stopped presenting to the people. And that light in his eyes began to grow dim. And the Bible says that the fire that was in the altar, that was in the tabernacle, went out. The very thing that uh, our preacher, Brother Mark, preached to us about, that the fire should never go out, it went out. Because there was a preacher that would not preach. There was somebody that would not stand on the Word of God. There was somebody that thought, you know what, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm a preacher and I don't want to offend anybody either, but I'd rather offend you into heaven. Amen, then comfort you into hell. I'd rather tell you the truth uh, with tears in my eyes uh, and see some folks walk out the back door than to see some folks walk into heaven with a smile on their face, not realizing that nobody told them the truth. Uh, Honey, you need a church that'll preach the truth. Uh, You need somebody to tell you the word. Hallelujah. You don't need a best friend. Uh, You don't need a fishing buddy or a golf buddy. You need somebody that'll preach the word. Eli didn't do it. He didn't preach the Word. Church, we're not built on feelings and emotions, and we have feelings and emotions. We're a church built on the Word of God. Amen. That is our foundation. Our foundation is the Word of God. Everything we do is in the Word of God. You want to know why we dance? It's in the Word of God. You want to know why we jump? It's in the Word of God. Everything is in order by the Word of God. This man didn't want to preach it, and subsequently his son started taking over. And, you know, nepotism is not always a good thing. It's not always a bad thing. But in this moment, it's a bad thing. Because they take over, and they start doing whatever they want. I won't go into all the details of what they're doing in the temple. But they're obviously not keeping the flame alight. They're obviously not keeping the fire burning. They're too consumed with other things. And Eli won't bring correction to his kids, and he won't bring correction to his nation. And his kids are now stepping into the leadership position, and they're not living according to the word of God. And now the Bible says that the Philistines come in for war because God always allows war. He always allows pestilence. He always allows famine. Amen. When people do not listen to him, when people do not serve him, when people do not follow him, when people ignore his word, when people say it doesn't matter anymore, I want to tell you that's in that moment where God's hand of protection begins to be removed because God would rather there be a war in your life. God would rather there be trouble in your life that gets you to heaven that gets you saved that lets you be so comfortable that you never change I want to tell somebody we ought to thank God for every trial for every trouble for every war for everything that went wrong that got us to the place where we said I'm going to live for God like I never lived for God I'm going to serve Him with my whole heart oh somebody lift up your hands and magnify Him come on this afternoon let's magnify Jesus Come on, would you lift up your voice? Sometimes God allows things in our world and allows things into our life. You look through the Bible. It's to bring about repentance. It's the goodness of the Lord. It's the kindness of God that brings us to repentance. And if we don't view things properly, we'll see it as some people would say, God's mean. God's not mean. Amen. He said in the book of Hebrews that one more time I will shake the heavens and the earth. One more time. And it could be that in this season of our world and in our life, God's shaking. God's shaking. Some people say, well, that's mean. No, I'll tell you what it is. People have ignored God's word. They forgot God's laws. They forgot. They forgot God. And, and, and God is trying to shake them up, shake them out of their complacency. Amen. He allows things into our world to try to get us out of our comfort so we can come back to a place of repentance and live right. So the Philistines come in, they bring war. Amen, it it, it happens. Every time people turn, they're led into captivity. There's sickness, there's famine. There's all sorts of things that happen. This is a biblical precedent from Genesis all the way through. But it is here that they are in a battle. and They realize we're going to lose this fight. And in that moment, they realize we're going to lose this fight. They began to ask that somebody would find the ark of God. They wanted the ark of God to be brought to them so they could get victory. And there's some folks that only inquire of God in times of war. That only inquire of God in times of trouble. I didn't come, to help, didn't come to hurt nobody. I came to help you. It's okay that when you're going through trouble to call on God. In fact, that's exactly what He wants you to do. But God is not waiting, amen, for war for you to call upon Him. God's not waiting for trouble. He is as close as the mention of His name. And if you want Him in times of blessing, you can call upon Him and He'll answer. If you want Him when everything's well, He'll answer in those moments. Romans 2, God will answer when you got money in the bank. God will answer when you are healthy. God will answer when everything is well in your world. God will still respond to you. Some people become crisis-oriented Christians where they can only live for God when they are broke. They can only live for God when they are unemployed. They can only live for God when they don't have this and they don't have that. Amen. But God's looking for a, dip, a deeper relationship with Him that says whether I am up or down, I'm going to seek God. I'm going to inquire of the ark of the Lord. But they said, we're going to only inquire because we need victory right now. Amen. And when this is all said and done, I promise you we're going to, we're going to fill up this building quicker than, you, quicker than you can guess. Because our world's going to go, oh no, what do we do? They are, they're going to inquire of God. And in that, we're going to try to throw our nets out so we can retain those that maybe just came in a moment of weakness, amen, that we can help them that even when they get to a moment of strength, they'll serve God. Some people wonder, and I'm kind of off my notes, but I might as well. Some people wonder why they're always going from trial to trial and trouble to trouble. I'll tell you what it is. Amen, it's not that God's mean or God hates you. He knows that's the only way he can keep you. that's the only way he can keep you on track and so you stay broke you stay sick you stay in trial it's always poor me and everything and that's what happens when people can't get to the place where God if you want to bless me I'll still pray if you want to bless me I'll still fast come on come on God is not a weapon to be wielded he is a one to be worshiped amen he is He's not just a tool that you and I can use in moments of need, but He is one that is inquired of to worship, not just when we need something, but when we need nothing. Uh, he is God that whether we are struggling or we are blessed, uh, we can come to Him. We can call on Him when it's hard, but we can respond and call to Him and worship whenever things are right. But they only wanted Him as a weapon. And when they brought the ark of God, guess what? It didn't work. Because God will not be used. Some people, they, well, I'll just, I'll just, I know what to do. I'll use God. And, and, and they, they, they make all sorts of bad decisions. And they wonder why they're still in the mess they're in. And they're why didn't God come through? God says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be used as your weapon that you wield whenever you want. God uses men. Men can't use God. God's the one that says, I'll use you to get you out of this. I'll bless you out of this. You don't come and call on God. God is not a last resort. He's a first resort. God's not the last thing you run to. He's the first thing you run to. And God is in this position where he just folds his arms and says, "Nope, I'm not going to respond. They lose that battle. And this ark of God that if anybody but a Levite would touch would die. We find a later Yuza touches it. It wasn't Yuza friendly. He touched it and he died. But here, These dirty Philistines pick up the Ark of God. No problem. Doesn't kill them. God's not even responding. It seems as if God has left them altogether. Amen. And the the Philistines take the ark of God and they understand the significance of this. It's not just a golden box, that it's not just some wood that's overlaid with gold. This to the Israelites is their deity. This is their God. They have obtained Israel's God, the one that Egypt has feared, the one that all the other nations have feared. The Philistines now have the ark of God in their possession they have absolutely destroyed uh, Israel's God and they put him to open shame and humiliation. Uh, and they bring him right into the temple of their their, their deity by the name of Dagon. Uh, and they sit him down at the statue, at the very base of the statue of Dagon, uh, as if God is bowing down uh, to Dagon, as if God is fallen before Dagon. Uh, this is not just something they put in the treasure trove. This is something they want every one of their worshipers to come by and see. That when they worship on Wednesday or Sunday or whatever day of the week, they can come by and they can see the ark of God as if it were laying prostrate and bowing itself before this almighty Dagon. Dagon is a statue. He's half fish and half man. I could preach about that. He's the God of half and half. Half in, half out. Half what God made you to be and half what God did not make you to be half hot half cold lukewarm there are people that live their entire existence and they worship that way they they worship in the in-between they live their lives in the in-between they worship in the halfway I'll, I'll worship God on Sunday but Monday morning I'll live a different way than I did on Sunday I'll talk a certain way when I'm around other church folk I'll dress and live and act a certain way when I'm around church people but when I get on my by myself and I get out there alone I'll just uh, change to what I really am on the inside. Dagon, half fish, half man. An abomination. Not what God had created. Not the way it was supposed to be. This ultimate humiliation for Israel and for their God is that, that they look and they say that this boxed up God must bow to their almighty deity that is standing in front of it. Unfortunately, they didn't realize something. God is not a box. These idolaters that thought that God, as it was with their deities, that God is a statue, God is not a statue. They thought that God was the box, but God was not the box. And even if it was, He's not inside of the box. He's not the box. He's not inside the box and they thought that this box is bowing before our statue and Exodus 25 and 21 says and thou shalt put the mercy seat above the ark and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee and I will meet with thee and I will commune with you Above the mercy seat. Even when they thought God was bowing, He was not bowing. He was sitting on a throne. Even when it looked like the God of Israel was laying prostrate before God, their deity Dagon, God was sitting upon a mercy seat. God was sitting upon a throne. Our God does not bow. Our God will never bow. Our somebody lift up your voice and praise him for a moment he's seated on a throne he's seated on a throne it might look like God's lost but God is never lost not one time he's the God without fail oh somebody clap your hands and give him praise would you lift up your voice and magnify him for just a few moments come on God's God's not the box. God's not in the box. God's seated on a throne. God's seated above it all. God is standing there staring Dagon eye to eye saying you will not triumph. God's not bowing. God is always above. He said there's going to be no other gods above me. Because when you think that you put your God above me, Philistines I've always been above your deity you better believe that they went to bed that night in laughter and excitement and joy the day God is what a great victory the statue that has eyes that can't see hands that can't feel ears that can't hear and a mouth that can't speak it is empty and lifeless it is made by men's hands and it is standing before a God that was made without hands, that made us without hands, that spoke us and molded us. Amen. God Almighty that made the heavens and the earth with just the words. He is sitting there, and they go to bed laughing. Oh, we got him. We got him. Israel has lost their God. Their God is defeated. In that case, their people are defeated. There is no hope for them. But they got up in the morning would you believe it when they showed up Dagon was no longer propped up in his position the Bible says that Dagon was laying on his face prostrate bowing before the almighty God of Israel Nobody had torn him down. There was no sabotage to be heard of. But this inanimate object, a statue, a false god, a fake god, an idol of unbelievers had found itself a position of worship and bowing before the one true God. And they thought, oh, there must have been a breeze come through the temple. Something must have happened. I got an idea let's prop him back up if that does not show humanity as a whole I don't know what does I'll never forget funny story I was 16 years old and uh, my brother and I we loved this is for you brother Worley we love Mountain Dew we love Dr. Pepper but see we were we were a little bit we didn't quite get it we had like Mr. Thunder and uh, but he, he didn't have a doctorate. There was none of that stuff. But we, we found a deal at Fred Meyer. Y'all don't even know what that is, but that's all right. We found a deal where we could get, like, a case of soda for a dollar. So we got a shopping cart. Uh, I, I think we might have returned it. I can't record, remember. I wasn't saved yet, so please forgive me. But we we took that. I'm sorry. It was, it was a few years prior, before I was 16. I'm sorry. But what we took it, and we, we drank all those sodas. In a matter of days, I'm surprised I don't have diabetes or something like that but we chugged it all and we started building a shrine we called it our pop shrine we built a pyramid I told my wife this she, she, she'll probably be embarrassed but we also did this with pizza boxes later on in life uh, we built little chairs and all that stuff out of it that's what you do when you're a bachelor hallelujah but uh, but we, we built this shrine of, of soda and and it didn't take very much for it to crumble to the ground and fall you know what we would do? We would set it back up. Knowing it's just going to fall over again. And 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 I tell that funny story because that is the nature of man. Things that we know will not stand under the test of any earthquake or under the test of any trouble or under the test of any pressure or under the test of any little blowing of wind or shaking or shifting. uh, There are people, Jesus said, that build their life on shifting sand uh, and they build up their entire world. They build up their ideologies. They build up their philosophies. Uh, They build up their theologies uh, on shifting sand uh, and when it crumbles uh, they're first on the scene to To try to build it back up. When one relationship doesn't work, they're quick to show up and try to rebuild the broken relationship. When things don't seem to work out and it's been shaking and shifting and crumbling, they prop it right back up. Would you lift your hands and let's pray? I'm almost done preaching. But I came to help somebody. It's not time to prop up the things that God is destroying in your life. It's not time to prop up the things that God is causing to bow in your world. If God's bringing you deliverance, let it be permanent. They could have forever just said, Dagon's dead and done with. They didn't. They went back. They propped him up. They might even put some things around him just in case. And the next morning, They come back in. This time, they see the same same kind of situation. Dagon is falling back down, prostrate before God. But his head's over there. One hand's over there. One hand's over there. And the base of Dagon is laying prostrate. It lost its head. It lost its hands. Can I tell you that when God makes all the other deities bow, when God makes all of the other gods bow, amen, he will get it to a place where even if people try to prop it back up, it will lose its ability, amen, to get in your mind. It will lose its ability to talk in your ear. It will lose its head, and it will lose its hands, it will lose its ability. Can I preach to somebody? You might have walked in addicted to drugs, but you can walk in. The, you can walk out of this building without that drug addiction's ability to reach down and get you. For some reason, you don't feel the compulsions you used to feel. For some reason, you don't feel the addictions you used to feel. You can walk in with mental issues, and God can so deliver your brain. God can so deliver your mind that it begins to bow oh somebody clap your hands and magnify him I feel the Holy Ghost would you clap your hands would you worship the Lord it doesn't matter what it is it's gonna bow it doesn't matter what's put above him it's gonna bow I feel Jesus would you pray all across this building I feel him God's not bowing to anything But drug addiction will bow to Jesus. God's not bowing to anything, but sickness will bow to Jesus. Diseases will bow to Jesus. Demonic forces will bow to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you put above Him. It's going to bow. Whatever you put above God now, promise one day it's going to bow later. It doesn't matter what you exalt above Him. Eventually, it will bow. Well, preacher, I'm struggling, amen. Because before in my life I made bad decisions and I propped some other things up before God. And every time I want to get right, I seem to prop it back up. Don't worry, honey. You keep. You just keep bringing The worst thing they could have ever done was bring God before what they had propped up. The worst thing that they could have ever done was bring their 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 this other God of Israel, the one true living God, into the temple where they worship something else. I want to tell somebody that's out there worshiping all sorts of other things that if you can get jesus in your home everything else bows if you can get jesus in your home hallelujah hallelujah I think one of the best things that's happened out of this last pandemic uh, is the fact that people that have been so busy and wrapped up watching sports uh, and watching movies. I'm talking about apostolic people that shouldn't be doing it. Uh, people that are watching all this other junk out there. Uh, amen. They're so bored that they say, well, let me turn on HGR. Uh, you know what? Let me see what the church across. Uh, amen. The state line. I wonder what the Rock Church is playing right now. And they start. Uh, amen. playing, preaching. Uh, you know what's happening? Uh, God's invading temples. Uh, God's invading homes come on when God gets in there there's conviction that shows up when God gets in there it doesn't matter what you propped up in your house what you propped up on your entertainment stand it's going to crumble it's going to bow oh somebody clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph it doesn't matter what it is it's going to bow it doesn't matter what you set up it's going to bow it doesn't matter what you prop up it will bow Somebody lift up your voice and magnify Jesus. Come on, let's magnify him. I pray that this word invades people's homes. I pray that unsaved folks would realize I've been living for all the wrong things. I've been living for money and the economy dropped. I've been living for health and health fails. I've been living for all sorts of other things and it becomes a plummet. I hope this invades their home and causes all those ideologies to bow. The Bible says Dagon was completely and utterly destroyed. Because that's what God does to other gods. You can walk in believing in all sorts of other deities. But when Jesus gets done with you, ain't going to be no other gods. When you get done feeling the presence of God Amen Unlike you felt anywhere else in your life When you get done feeling what we feel In the power of the Holy Ghost When you repent of your sins You're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ And filled with the Holy Ghost You'll start thinking to yourself Nothing else Amen Feels like this No party ever felt like this No drug ever felt like this No other thing ever felt like this Dagon was destroyed completely At the threshold God was kicking him out of his own church. Yeah, I believe God will step into home and start kicking things out of the home. Hey, I believe revival starts at home. I don't believe revival starts at church. I don't believe you come to church and lay things on the altar. I believe you go home and take things and kick them into the front yard. Throw them into your neighbor's yard. Praise God. Hallelujah. Throw them into your neighbor's yard. Throw other things. You just get rid of them and say, I don't need this anymore. You say, hey, this is not something I want to have in my world. This is not something I want to have in my home. This is not something I want to have in my life. I don't want to have it in my kid's life. I don't want to have it in my spouse's life. It's gone. People throw it away. The Bible says the priests never went back to the threshold of that temple ever again. There's a deliverance that can be permanent in your life. There could be things you've worshipped and you've held on to and you've loved that you never hold on to and you never love again. You could be so delivered of drugs, you never go back to them. You could be so delivered of religiosity that you never go back to it because you've got such a relationship with God that you know Him and you love Him. And they got together, the people of Ashdod said, what are we going to do with this? We are so afflicted with God, I won't go into all the details, but let's just put it this way. God messed them up. And they were afflicted of God, so you know what they said? Let's take the ark of God out of the temple, because he's already killed Dagon, our God. And let's send him to Gath, the very Gath that a giant would come from one day, by the name of Goliath. And when he got to Gath, can you believe what God did? He made that entire city begin to bow before the ark of God. He so destroyed those people and so afflicted those people that the people of Gath said, get this ark out of here. And so they put him on a FedEx truck. And uh, they shipped him off. FedEx socks are still doing good, so you can invest in that. Hallelujah. They shipped him off to Ekron. God afflicted Ekron. They thought they could just distance themselves from this God that makes all other deities bow. They thought they could just put some place. But my Bible never says that the afflictions that were happening in Ashdod ever stopped. uh, That the afflictions in Gath ever stopped. All they did was spread a pandemic. Across their their entire region. An epidemic uh, called God. Uh, and it began to spread. Uh, amen to every city. Can I tell you. Uh, amen that when you get God in your home. Uh, he's going to begin to spread across your home. Uh, when you get God in your city. He begins to spread across your city. Quicker than any virus, quicker than any disease, quicker than any sickness, quicker than anything else. When we get God back into our culture, he begins to invade the culture. And finally, they said with the elders of the people of Philistine, the Philistines said, what are we going to do? They said, hey, give God an offering. There's people about to start giving offerings to Jesus that don't even come to church. Praise God they might hand us a building before this is all said and done because they want to They want to get rid of whatever pestilence is happening in the world. I don't know what's going to happen. All I do know is when it's all said and done God is not bowing. God is standing above it all. When it's all said and done God's getting glory. God's getting all the honor. God's getting all the praise. When it's all said and done the apostolic church will be the head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. We will be the lenders not the borrowers. We will be everything that the world tried to destroy in the church so they said please put an offering in there gold rats and emeralds praise God they shipped it back to Israel on a new cart and guess what God did God blessed Israel (laughs) what hurt them and cursed them was a blessing to Israel What destroyed them was a blessing to the kingdom of God. And I believe that when it's all said and done, amen, that God's going to get all the glory and all the praise and the church will come out ahead and the kingdom of God will come out above. God said, "I have no other gods before me." Amen. That's what God was doing to Egypt. He was causing all of their gods to bow. Hapi, the god of the Nile, had to. It was the god of the Nile had to bow when the river was turned into blood. Heket, plague number two, god of fertility with the head of a frog. Amen. Had to bow when God sent a plague of frogs. Geb, plague number three, was the god of the earth that had to bow when. God Almighty turned the dust of the earth into lice. Kepri, the God of rebirth, amen, had the head of a fly. Amen. God made it to bow with a swarm of flies. Hathor was the goddess of love and protection with the head of a cow. And God made those people to bow. Amen. When he sent a plague to the cattle, and all of Egypt's cattle began to die. Isis was the goddess of peace and medicine but God made all of Egypt bow with a plague of boils and a plague of sores. Newt was the goddess of the sky but God made all of Egypt to bow with the plague of hail that fell from the sky. Ernutet was the goddess of harvest and God made it all to bow with a plague of locusts. Ra was their ultimate god, the god of the sun but God made them to bow with a plague of darkness that even blocked the sun from shining and finally plague number 10, Pharaoh was considered the ultimate power and gone over Egypt and over the people of Egypt but God made them all bow with the plague that killed the firstborn throughout all the land of Egypt can I preach to somebody that whatever you put before God, whatever you put above God, it's going to bow before the one true living God would you clap your hands and stand all across the building come on let's praise him let's magnify him what other things in your world what things in your life have you set above God when it's all said and done it's going to find itself a posture amen bowing before the king of kings and the lord of lords let's pray in the name of Jesus Come on, that's the Word of God. That's the Word of God. We're living in a polytheistic society wants to claim they're a Christian nation. They are no longer, if they ever were, a Christian nation. Uh, they worship all sorts of things. Uh, sports stars, rock stars, rap stars, been uh, entertainment, uh, even politics. Uh, it's worshiping all sorts of things. Amen. Uh, they worship mammon, the god of money. Uh, they worship health. Uh, they're doing the very things that Rome did, uh, that Greece did, uh, that Egypt did. Uh, they may not call it God, uh, but it has become God uh, because every decision uh, has to run through, how will this affect my finances? Every decision, how's this going to affect my health? Every decision's made, how's this going to affect my deity? Could it be that God's just proven who's really God? People that trust in money, stock market fell 35%, people's 401ks and retirements. Because you can't trust in money. Money will fail. People that have been putting all their trust in, I'm doing just fine, I'm healthy. People that thought they were healthy are no longer healthy. And, and, and people that have all these false senses of security are crumbling. Could it be that in just one month's time, God's shutting down stadiums, You want to worship the NBA? Season canceled. College for some of you folks? Canceled. You want to worship all of these other things and you want to spend more time and money and energy on all these things and and God's looking at a nation that has forgotten their God and says, if nothing else, one more time I'll shake the earth. Not just one city. Not just one nation. I'll shake the entire world. And I'll shut down your flights and your travel plans and I'll shut down all the things you had you planned for tomorrow. I'll shut down your tomorrow. You don't even know that tomorrow will happen. And God begins to shake the earth uh, and He causes people's retirement that they rested in to crumble. And and their investments begin to fail. And and now they're concerned about their health and they're worried because it's crumbling too. And and society, amen, as a whole, they don't know what's going to happen. It begins to crumble and it begins to fail. And people that are spend all their life here in Nevada in casinos and in brothels that are wasting their soul and wasting their life and missing out on eternity. God says one more time I'll shake the earth. One more time I'll shake the state. One more time I'll shake your life. One more time and God shuts it all down and causes it to bow. So that he can show When everything else is stripped away, Jesus is still standing. When health fails, Jesus is still standing. When society fails, Jesus is still standing. When your political affiliations fail you, Jesus is still standing. When your favorite star disappoints you or even dies, Jesus is still standing and everything else below him is bowing. Church, would you lift up your heads and let's pray. Would you pray? Would you lift up your voice and magnify Jesus right where you are? Come on, is there anything that you've set in your world? Is there anything else you've propped up in your life? that you have put above God God saying that will fail that will fall but I will always be left standing you can trust in me you can put your hope in me not in those things those all bow before me come on right where you are let's pray I feel the Holy Ghost I'm done preaching but I want somebody to begin to pray I want you to have a personal altar call right there in your seat right there in your living room right there in your kitchen wherever you are I want you to have a personal altar call if there's anything you propped up before God I want you to know that one day it will bow it's better to just remove it it's better to just kick it out of your home kick it out of your mind kick it out of your life because it's going to bow one day come on somebody pray in the name of Jesus Come on, if you're suffering from addictions, I want you to know you can lay those at the feet of Jesus. And those drug addictions that seem mountainous, that seem so far above you, they'll begin to crumble. All those other things you put trust in, if you put them before the presence of God, they too will bow. Addictions have got to bow. Amen, compulsions have got to bow. Mental issues have got to bow. Amen, all of these other things. Amen, if you lay it before Jesus, it will bow, I promise. Lift up our voice and let's pray. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. We give you glory. We give you praise. Come on, whatever it is. If you put your trust in other things, at the end of the day, Jesus has got to be enough. Jesus has got to be enough. Jesus has got to be all that you need. Jesus has got to be everything that you need in this hour and in this moment. Everything else that crumbles and falls away and bows, Jesus will remain. On that's in the name of Jesus. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Lay it at the feet of Jesus.
1: So great.
0: jesus come on god's getting glory right now god's getting glory right now
1: his church is being elevated right now No position. No power. Come on, he has all power. Hey.
0: delivered right now there's people being delivered right now right where they're standing it can't win Jesus is victorious over it all lift up your voice and magnify him come on somebody magnify Jesus magnify our
1: Jesus greater, our God is stronger God you are higher than any other our God is healer awesome in
0: power come on let's worship the Lord right where we are
1: God Things are bowing in this house. Things are bowing in your living room. Things are bowing.
0: Fear has got to bow. Sickness has got to bow.
1: Whatever is named in heaven or in the earth has got to bow.